There's always this cat while we're recording that is sits in this window and kind of stares at me, and I feel like I'm talking on a mi- through a microphone to the cat, and it's kind of funny. Are you on drugs right now? Yeah, I'm on LSD. Down the ride. Sounds about right. I popped a popped a tab for the EP. Never have I ever done acid. You've done? Oh, I actually know you've done that. Yeah, it's a really you would enjoy it. I wouldn't. You gotta be with the right people. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Nope, doesn't sound like pretty really eye, pretty eye-opening experience. It's like you've, you just want to love everything. It's like not negative by any means. It's like overwhelming. You literally just want to love everything and everyone. So I mean, it's like the least scary thing I've ever done. I just like literally loved everything and everyone. I came out of waves though of feeling conceptualizing death though, which was a little bit weird, and then came back into loving everything again. So take that as you will. You know, I don't know. Sounds like a great trip to me. I mean, but like I said, I'm not in the. I, I don't want to. It doesn't sound appealing yeah, to me. So no part like of it. Not, yeah, you don't need to do that if you don't want to. Like, I'm definitely like. Not in who needs to push it? But yeah, as we're t- talking here, like different vibes, different energies. I just feel like as women, we like wear our emotions and our feelings like on our sleeves. Like we're very like expressive of how we're feeling. You know what I mean? Like we don't really like to hold it back. We'd rather share how we're feeling opposed to just like hold it in a lot of the times. And especially I think that when we're going through like, say it's a, a breakup stage or we go through like phases and stages like aggressively. Like Agreed. Ex- expansively like if you just yeah. broke up with somebody we're going through a hard phase if you if you're younger and you like basketball or you like something specific you aggressively go through that phase of liking it you know what i mean i just feel like i don't know like what's an interesting phase of your life that you think is very very telling of a period of time that you were going through hmm. okay actually now i'm like really thinking about this i've had different stages there's been a lot and i think that like even even like friend groups coincide with those different stages absolutely absolutely Um, so like definitely telltale signs for me when i was younger probably would have been like dyeing my hair i think now okay now that i'm kind of like angsty yeah like a little bit like just trying to like find an identity and now that I'm older it's more like haircuts like I'm not really doing like crazy hair dye anymore it's like oh I want to do like a drastic cut and like switch it up like I I feel like I'm changing girl I I feel like I could totally see you dyeing your hair all the time you were like a cheerleader too so like cheerleaders always have like a new hair every month it was it was a slow progression but like basically I was a swimmer so I was in chlorine 24 7 I've always had pretty naturally dark hair but my hair was basically just orange like I had orange hair so then I got into box dyeing and would like throw some black box dye on it for cheer healthy. season yes super healthy and super then yeah it, it was just kind of one of those cycles and then I always just had like really long hair though like I never really cut my hair that much in high school mm-hmm, um, except same. for like probably you the needed like, to have long hair in high school it's like social suicide yeah, if you didn't have long hair. Like, I don't know why long hair and side bangs fuck me up. what the fuck why did you have to have long hair and side bangs in high school if you didn't it was like literally like get out get the fuck out you're not gonna have friends well i i mean never mind straight across bangs like i did go through a straight across bang period and did a full chop but that was like even later in life but i think just like the what happened hair- clearly something happened what made you do that uh yeah i got out uh, of a yeah. relationship exactly because i was yeah. like there's no as we're speaking about girls going through heavy phases and when i tell you no we didn't have without anything mentally damaging it was you. like an aggressive chop i mean that like 
we were kind of talking earlier my hair is naturally like wavy kind of gets curlier the shorter it is so that's why I do take my hair short sometimes is when like in the summer I don't want to style it and stuff like I'll take it short have it be curlier um but I went to this place to get a haircut and was like I want to go short short like up to my shoulders you know that kind of thing because that's short short for me back then and homegirl takes it like crop to the skull like when I tell you I look like I had probably buzzed my hair and then come out of it like six months later like we were at like three inches of hair growth and I was like about to start like she like gave you a boy cut I think she just how do you go from shoulder to like your ear that's a, a massive difference. Well, she cuts what it when it's wet. <laughs> she cuts it when it's wet. And then, so she like does a hesitant cut, you know, like let's see where the length's at. And then we decide we want to go shorter when it dries. So then she like took me, like she like wet my hair again and then like really went in on it. And then when my hair dried, it was kind of like very um, Jewish. Very. Oh. Okay. Very Jewish. So very maybe like, not very fuckable of a haircut. Not very fuckable. And this was also when I decided that it was like a really great idea to gain 50 pounds by switching birth control. So I was just feeling like very not well about myself <laughs> at all. That's so you looked like Shirley. Like a, so you looked like like a big bigger Shirley Temple. I looked like Jewish version, a cute little kid version of myself. But then you'd like kind of inflated it and like squashed it down because when you're not feeling great about yourself, you kind of round your shoulders and like hunch. So like just imagine me like just like, ah, here I am, like horrid. Um, So then. made me a little anxious. Yes. Yes. So then I started working in hair salons and was like, fuck it. Really? Oh, yeah. I was. I started working in hair salons? I was a receptionist in like two or three different salons over the course of my lifetime interesting yeah. Did not know Each that about one you. has substantially ended in flames um, i really am very surprised by this fact oh i was debating going into cosmetology for a little while at a point too yeah really? yeah but huh. but the reason why i didn't wasn't because like i thought i was going to be awful it was like i just don't want to deal with like I, like, I just couldn't live up to people's expectations because I'm clearly never happy with a haircut or a hairstyle. There was a point yeah. in my life where I bleached my entire head three times in one month. Okay, it wasn't- and back it around to my point, what was going on mentally? Where you bleached your head three times in a month. You weren't well. We know that. No. <laughs> we know. I don't even think it was one specific thing. It was just a culmination. It was like I was just trying to change my identity like every two weeks. Yeah. Like exactly. that's that's rough. That's aggressive. So that was you in high school. So you're changing your identity. Oh, no, that was your that hair. was that was like the first Wait. couple years of college. Okay, so that was recentish. That's yeah. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, interesting vibe. I I guess on my vibe, what I kept doing to myself was um, I'd I'd get more tattoos, um, tattoos, and I'd get more p- tattoos and more piercings. That's kind of something that I oh I have all the piercings. Yeah, I pierced my whole ear in my mom's bedroom, um, bled everywhere in her room, and pierced my whole ear up in one sitting, but the parent trap styled. You know what's actually kind of funny? Side note on that, the girl that I live with right now, when we were in seventh grade, she gave me my third ear piercing at her her house with uh, one of those fake fruits and a needle. And like now she's my roommate. (laughs) 
That's what I did. I love that. That's it works like a charm. I did that. You light the match. I did that with an apple through I gave myself seven piercings in one day in my ear in my mom's room and she was like what she comes in and she's like what are you doing in here like what are you doing and I was just like get out of here mom I'm piercing my ears she's like you're in my room and I was like the lighting's the best in here well even then you knew lighting I'm gonna bleed all over your your mirror what I said even at that age you knew lighting I did well I just wanted to be able to see well but I didn't want to do it in the bathroom to like I didn't want to do it in the bathroom in case anyone needed to use it in my house like my house was really small growing up that like five people living in that house I can't just occupy it for an hour like bleeding everywhere piercing my ears so I was like I'll use my mom's room and I was like in that angsty stage against my mother where I was like I could do this in mine but I'm gonna do it in hers because the lighting's better and I knew she would have a problem with it she'd have a problem obviously so angsty stages with moms rough every girl goes through one angsty stage with women like it's just hard to like sorry mom I was an absolute see you next Tuesday like yeah it's kind of wild like you i don't know what it is like that's why like first off like if i have kids if i get a fucking daughter god have mercy on her right she's already gonna be like i'm gonna make her bedroom a prison that sounds terrible you don't want her to like experiment and travel and i know she's gonna anyway dude are you kidding me if i tell her you want to like enable like not enable her but like just give, never you want okay this is what you want to do you don't want to trap your child you just want to set your child up with the right tools for success i'm That's gonna let her do whatever the do. fuck she wants though truthfully because she's gonna do it anyway i mean morals and boundaries remember we need boundaries sure. and we need to instill I'll, I'll morals her, i'll tell her what i think that she should do but do you really think that like my parents told me what i should and shouldn't do but I don't think I listen to just about any of it because I'm going to do what I want. I'm an angsty teen. You do whatever the fuck you want. See, I did too much of it. And then I was like an angsty 20 year old. Um, you did too much of what? Listening like I just listened to my parents. And, and I, but what's funny is when I stopped listening to them and decided to go on my angsty 20 year old journey was like just full depression spiral. Not that they're related. Oh, it was the first time on your own. Yeah. But now it's funny because it's like, oh, all those lessons and stuff my parents taught me or instilled it's like ah now it makes sense you told me oh, this was gonna happen <laughs> yeah. no and, and they, those things the things that's worth your parents saying it is because then it does always trickle back to you because like I remember my mom saying this one there was girls that I really wanted to be friends with that were like popular um but they like looked past me because I looked like mm-hmm. I, I in the, talking about phases I dressed like a boy and I like was really underweight like I wasn't I just was weird. I was just like, did, then I was just like, I want to be friends with her. Like she has boobs and boys like her. And I was like, wanted to be friends with this girl. And I remember my mom pulling me aside because I was going to hang out with her one day. Cause she was going to be hanging out with one of my other friends and she was friends with her. And I was like, finally my gateway to the popular girl. And I was like, finally going to hang out with her. My mom pulled her, pulled me aside. And she was like, that girl is uh, n- only trouble. And she is so insecure with herself and it's, she's going to get you in trouble and you're not going to enjoy hanging out with her. And, I was, and she goes, and by the time she gets to high school, nobody's gonna want to hang out with her or any of her friends and I was like what the fuck does my mom know these girls are popular they're gonna be popular they're gonna be they're amazing they're gonna be the coolest girls forever and by the time we got to high school it was just like they were deadbeat like trash like fucking literally like the sluttiest shit ever that it's just like yeah like my mom was a hundred percent right and I was just like and it, and it always stayed in the back of my mind where I'd always be like why does my mom always say this like why does my mom always say this and Isn't I that the trippy part though is that like 
genuinely like parents know like it and, and people know and your you teachers you know and, and you as a kid knows I mean how many times can you truly defend the same shit behavior from one of your buddies before it's like you know what you actually are a piece of shit and it, it sucks that I can't look past that anymore but like yeah. your redeeming qualities at this point pff, you lost them a long time ago and there's a lot of people I know like that Dude, that's actually so funny you say that. My friend just sent me some Snapchats, like literally probably five minutes ago before we got on here that Mm -hmm. she just sent me them from like probably five years ago. And I was at a strip club in fucking Bangor, Maine. And she was sending it to me of these videos of myself where I was hanging out with somebody that didn't make me express myself well, kind of just like that self-deprecating, depressed side of myself that person brought out of me. And I'm literally this like the behavior I was seeing in that Snapchat made me like actually cringe. My heart started hurting. I was ripping a cig outside of a strip club. Dude. And I'm just like, ew, dude. Well, there's, there's that funny ass video of me dancing and you know, the exact video I'm talking about in the wedding one. Yeah. And it was like, (laughs) it was like, I want to post it. And then I was like, wait, I was literally so drunk in that video that like my face and how I look, it, it like makes me sad. Because I'm like, damn, yeah. you could have had just as much fun not being that, like, hammered and not have way. looked like I'm an absolute train wreck. I completely get not liking yourself because you don't like how fucked up you are, like, maybe that stage of your life. But being blacked at a wedding is, like, a green light, in my opinion. Not, like, to the point. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> but but like, I, I think it was just, life. that was, like, the culmination because it was, like, it was it was pretty recent it was like a year ago so it was like in this whole year of growth and then there's like a bunch of years of just like pictures of me just not loving myself and just feeling forced and like yeah photoshopping and tweaking and little adjustments and like that's not who I am like this is who I am this is like the raw unedited version of me and this is the version that when you were talking about kids growing up like my parents would always be like be yourself wear what you want do what you want to do like all those kind of things and it would like give me mad anxiety like to my core because I would I didn't like have the confidence to like be my own person at that age and even now it's still something that I definitely struggle with fuck no so it was like I just want to go around with like what everyone else is doing and it just it ended up being friendships that I just never felt like fully reciprocated in or like trying to keep up with people and trends and things that I wasn't even like I didn't care about I wasn't interested in like that shit was stupid to me and it sucks that like you walk away from those kind of like core values that you have when you're younger because you do get so caught up in everyone else's bullshit and it's like fuck that I wish I would have just stayed me the whole time. But you know what? This is where I'm at now. And I'm super grateful for that. So Right. You like need those stages that you're talking about. Yeah. Like, you like, need to, like I needed to like have those friends run train on me. And I needed to date a bunch of people that weren't right for me. Yeah. To, to actually know where my worth is at truthfully. And I'm so yeah. glad that all of those friendships I had, like I had a, like a lot, like a really difficult time with women in friendships. Like I've burnt, like, like not even just Which, like, dude, you don't really you're, talk you're like preaching to the choir. Yeah, like, they're completely, like, burned out, like, hurt my feelings, like, dissociated, separated myself from majority mm. of people. Minor to life. a different level, but keep going. Yeah, like, really, like, probably one of the hard, like, looking back at it, it was something, like, in 2020, like, 2020, I never gave credit to the pain that that caused me. 
of like these because the, I've always been pretty comfortable with who who I am maybe not knowing who I am but I always know how to speak up for myself and like I've always had something as an outlet whether that's being artistic or sports where I can find my niche of something and always have people around me for that um but friends of girls like I, I have really been mean to me and like have really like throughout high school and then into college and then into 2020 cutting people out of my life like really burn bridges to the point where like I can't be your friend at all anymore because you were so hurtful to me and that was like 15 women in my life that like are just gone that I like loved and cared about and I was like wow that's like looking back to it there was like this void that I didn't know was there and it was like a void of legit women and friendships and like it's definitely made me feel like really abandoned and like sad because I've already felt that way in other ways too that like there's that weird void dude of like where I needed time alone to realize that I think what is bigger about like this kind of thing is when we are at this age and we choose to walk away from situations or we can look back on them and it's not anger anymore you're feeling it's it's genuine like heartbreak for a younger version of you that didn't know that didn't know that life was going to get better or that you would get to meet new people or that your circle wasn't actually that small and I think for me I I was I'm kind of on the opposite end of that it's something that's not like cool to say but the intern like the hatred that and the bullying and stuff that I experienced as a really young girl like most of my bullying happened when I was in like elementary school like some deep-rooted like crazy shit that then like into um, middle school so by the time I hit high school it was like I was on edge 24 seven. So my freshman year was super fun. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait, where do I fit in here? And all of a sudden it became kind of like, be, be the biggest aggressor and no one will bully you kind of thing. And not that like I was a bully, but like definitely wasn't just always nice and wasn't proud of like, like, I I don't think it's good that you can admit that. Like, honestly, we always go through periods that like, we're not our best and as I was saying there was like one episode where I was like it's on us oh the Drew Barrymore episode where I'm like at least Drew Barrymore she was like I was kind of being a piece of shit in this stage of my life and I can say that about stages of my life when you can't say that about yourself that's when the problem forms like there's my junior year of my sophomore junior year of college I don't I don't love that grace I don't love that grace like I look at her and I just want to legit give her a hug like you know and I'm sure like the stage you're talking about like tuck her into bed and be like shh just never wake up (laughs) girl I liked that you were saying like there's like that stage where you look at yourself and you're just like I'm just gonna tuck you into bed young Soleil and just give you an IV okay and you're just gonna sleep this year off because you need to girl like I just look at myself and I'm just like why didn't anyone just give me a fucking slap across the face because are you friends well hold on are you friends with the people that you were like going through life with at that point still not really that's why because like when when you're hanging out with people that are like marinating in the same level of like pig shit that you're just rolling around in like you're just gonna keep fucking slipping and sliding off of each other so like change your circle and like that's that's the part that's hard i needed to though yeah you have no idea that you're also unwell like i had no idea no no, because you don't know that they're unwell too like kind of thing like you don't know that like they're probably just as miserable like everyone's putting out this like life's fucking great like do this x y and z go here 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 wear this 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 and shop here make out with this guy don't fuck this guy or anyone he's affiliated with and whatever you do 
Like, I just, like, can't believe that, like, you just don't see these red flag behavior, dude. Like, the things that, like, I'm looking back to, like, things that my friends would say to me. And they'd be like, you can't go over to him and talk to him because somewhere somebody else likes him. And if you go over and talk to him, he's going to like you and you can't go talk to him. You can't talk. To- and it's just like, who the fuck are you to tell me that? Like, you're not my friend. Like, behavior, like, being said to things like that or, like, nobody su- showing up and supporting you. It's just like, you don't even... I just you know what? having shitty friends. Like, this, this is friends. what, like, this is what it all boils down to. And I've brought this point up so many times before in my life. In any relationship, regardless of what it is, like, do not tell me what I can and can't do or where I can and cannot go, especially as my friend kind of Straight thing. Up. Because, like, especially with breakups or, like, switching friend groups, have you ever been stuck in one of those situations where, like, oh, blank is going to be here, so, like, you can't come or, like, vice versa, you're coming, so, like, X, Y, and Z can't be there. Right. Right. And it's, like, yeah. you know what? If that's, like, the energy so you're putting out with, like, fucking don't hang out with people that are like that. Straight up imagine okay that is such a young but also girls and out girls in la do that like this person's gonna be there so you can't like you shouldn't come and the person and i'm like you gotta be there's sometimes i'm around girls out here and i'm just like that's a you're fucking joking i think that you're literally fucking joking right oh you can't go there because sarah is gonna be there and sarah used to hook up with john and and, uh, it's like suck up what the fuck are you talking dude it's fucking crazy like it's it's actually crazy like rules that we put on bullshit and rules you put on other people like that's garbage yeah there, i don't know but we do have like a trailblazer that kind of said fuck the rules she she genuinely doesn't know what a rule is she just makes them herself and, and that's the thing yeah no this this as we're saying that women we're kind of just talking about like we are going through different phases in our lives as women and like we wear our fucking emotions on our sleeves like i think our trailblazer um has gone through a lot of adversity in in her life but how she a lot, of her pain. Heart on, a lot of pain but how she rises above that and kind of how she can show the world a different light through her pain and through her hardship it's like one of the most imbe- beautiful journeys i've seen and like i think most women and and men we can all attest to just like having our peaks in our valleys and like you know how did we express ourselves through those peaks and through those valleys and i think she's a really amazing trailblazer and example of expressing ourselves through adversity so so like so Oh, 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 do you want to both say it like at the same time? All maybe? right. Um, okay. On the count of three. One, One two, two, three. 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 Three to hollow. Oh my God. That was so bad. Okay. Let's try it again. One, <laughs> three. two, three. Free to hollow. I hated that. That was awful. Anyways, our girl, Frida Kahlo. Yeah, free to Kahlo. Like we're just we're gonna, gonna keep going. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna blaze we're gonna ahead. Pretend that didn't happen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was so effortless. Free to Kahlo was born on July 6, nineteen oh seven. Um, she had a great relationship with her father. She describes him as being kind and understanding. Her mom, on the other hand, though, which is kind of funny because we were talking about you know getting along with your mom or not getting along when you're younger. Um, her mom is said to have been cruel and mean so her she was definitely a daddy's girl yeah the reason the reason her and her mother like she kind of had a hardship with her mother is because her mom um had this like tainted perspective of like immigrants and immigrant like in her frida is technically not just 100 percent mexican so she like wanted her to grow up being hard and tough and like show her what being a mexican is really about and like being a mexican is hard and the time that frida was growing up 
in Mexico was one of the hardest times in Mexico to be growing up in Mexico. Um, so yeah, her mom kind of didn't have a soft perspective. She was kind of making hardening her for the real world, which is actually kind of now that I'm saying this out loud, it's kind of poetic because she I really was going to say, wait, did, maybe this did her a that. favor. I'm not going to lie. Like I actually have thought back to that and like been thankful for like the adversity I had growing up because it makes you a lot tougher and it makes you have a different outlook for life. And like you handle things differently. And Frida actually, I think needed that adversity um, at a young age. Not that, not that it wasn't already hard for her at the age of six, she got polio. Um, that's true. It got, led to her walking with a limp for her whole life. And that's actually yeah. why she wore long skirts um, because she was really heavily bullied. So that's why, you know, when you see pictures of Frida Kahlo or her self portraits and her art, it's these really long dresses and skirts to cover um, her legs. Yes. Um, she, yeah, she was just really insecure about that. And it made her spend a lot of time alone because she was bullied so much. And that's why she could always express herself through art and like be alone. And she was very smart. Uh, she was like one of the, always the smartest people in her class. Um, yeah, no, she was, she's just a brain. She's super, super smart. Um, and she loves, she is, um, a thinker. Like that is just who she is. She's a very, um, introverted, but at the same point in time, introspective human being. Like she is mm. a thinker, very, very introspective. That's what most people would say about her. She's so like, fucking cool. Like, yeah, she's a very, in she's a very like, I'm like kind of blown away from researching her and how just how interesting of a woman she is and just dude. how fast and aggressive she lived for such the, the short life that she lived. Like, she what, passed how, away at 47. 47 years old. 47 years old is when she passed she away. She lived fast and hard. So let's go into it. So she gets polio at age six. She has a limp her whole life. She is a smart girl, though. You were saying that. Um, and she knows, like, school. She wants to go to school. She wants to become a doctor. She loves to study. And she actually ends up going to a really prestigious school in Mexico. And that's where she meets her future husband, his name being Diego Rivera. Yeah, there was like over like 6,000 students at this school too. And there was only 35 women there and she was chosen to be one of them. Um, yeah, I just want to say that. But Diego, yeah, Diego Rivera, also a very acclaimed artist at the time. She fell in love with him. Um, and he's just like kind of like known to be kind of like a fucking dick. <laughs> uh, like very much known to be like a fucking dick. And he's like kind of fat and like not like that kind. And like everyone everyone kind of just referred to like they were kind of just like what the fuck is she because frida is like a be like beautifully kind person people refer to her as like a dove and like then she's like with this guy who's just like <laughs> classic woman move i was just classic gonna say oh move. wait a second oh, wait. Hmm. So, not even above frida carlo to do that so carlo <laughs> carlo like so oh. therefore whatever but before she ends up with Diego Rivera, she actually originally fell in love with a gentleman, another gentleman from school, uh, Alejandro Gomez Arias. So she was one day riding the bus with Alejandro and there was a really horrific accident. The bus and a car, uh, like the bus collided with a streetcar and Frida was really injured. Um, a steel handrail actually impaled her through the hip, spine, and pelvis, and everything was fractured. So this accident really fucked her up, and she was injured. Like she so was supposed to die. She was yeah. literally supposed to yeah. die. She, like she she should she, not. They were shocked that she like literally lived. 
Yeah. And when she got out of the hospital, she had to wear a full body cast. And it's when she's in this full body cast that she starts painting and her dad actually creates this contraption for her like this special easel so that she can lay in bed in a full body cast and that's when she creates her first piece her very the first, first self-portrait too what after that car accident when she like was finally like alert she goes where is my painting stuff that's like the first thing that she said to her father because she felt pain and and she has through all of the pain in her life and all of the adversity she's like where's my easel like i just want to express myself and throughout her art and um everything like you can really see through her art what stages of her life Dude, and what she's going art through that's is, like the point of her art it's fucking mind-blowing like this it's shit makes i was looking through her gallery so um for the a lot of the information we gathered today actually we use the fritacalo.org page and they have a really beautiful section on their website that has all of her paintings and then it has little descriptions about the time in her life and when these paintings were and so i started looking through the paintings and i ended up sending a couple to grace and was just like holy fuck dude one never even seen these like that's a disservice never and two seen it, but majority of these dude these are issues like the stuff that she is painting in the levels and in the fucking depth like I, a lot of us a lot of us wow. women and, and we can all attest to especially women the stuff that she paints it's like really powerful stuff that we can all attest to like we know a lot of women that obviously go through heartbreak where the guy is cheating on you and like how you what feel if he's about cheating that. on you with your younger sister though yeah that's a different layer of pain you know what i mean um but yeah like that accident was crazy dude and like she actually one of the pieces that she created she painted the the scene she painted the the, the train wreck like literally she literally painted it and depicted it and like made a beautiful piece of it but keep in mind like while she's doing all of this she's just painting because she loves to paint and she's not painting for anybody else she's painting for herself and this is how she heals and like this is who she is and like that's just like very art that's that's what artists do like you express yourself and your work is an expression of how you're feeling and very much so what's happening here so as Soleil was saying yeah she's painting from her bed right now um and one of the things that her dad also helped contract for her was um he installed a mirror above her bed so she could look at herself for her self-portraits because Frida as we know what she's known for is her self-portraits and most of the things that you see and why she's so iconic is because she's painting herself a lot um and why a quote that I really liked was um that she was like, why wouldn't I paint myself? Like, I know myself better than everybody else and I'm alone all the time, you know what I mean? Like, she spends so much time alone and she knows herself so well that she's like, I'm gonna paint myself because, like, I can express that the easiest opposed to painting somebody else or something else. Like, this is me, this is who I am, and that's her work, which is cool that she's stuck in bed and she's not just trying to let her time waste away. She's trying to, like, create something for the world to digest while she's in so much pain. It's um, part of yeah, a the, healing process. Yeah, yeah. Like 100%. That, her art is her healing process. As so she's in a full body cast, she's to heal her mind from the accident as well. Right. So that Which was is a probably one hundred percent. That's what journaling does for some. Painting, drawing, singing, whatever it is, it like that's your yeah. that's your healing time. It's your introspective right. pondering. One hundred percent. 
And when I was like researching this, I was like, well, uh, she got through that car accident. You know, it's going to get better from here on out. Not really. Like, it actually. You guys like, thought it, 2020 it, was a roller coaster? Try Frida Kahlo's yeah. 47 years. Dude, they, they, like, it was like COVID on crack for all 47 years for this girl. Like, you know what I mean? It, it was a tough go. So a preface of not only was her life difficult, but at this period of time, um, Mexico is going through um, a revolution and it's going through a civil war right now, which was one of the hardest times in Mexico. Um, and the reason Frida, she wanted, she was born in 1907 and she wanted to change her birth date to 1910 so she could be more involved in recruitment for the Mexican revolution and civil war. Um, oh, and yeah, so, so that gentleman that she was riding the bus with um, that I mentioned earlier, Alejandro, he was uh, he was like a political speaker on campus and like one of those, yeah. you know, kind of think like counterculture boy. So like she they had similar political views. She was like always in those she circles. Was big into politics. Yeah. yeah, she was a big, big woman in politics and she was even involved in college a lot politically as well and a lot of her work is political like she puts a lot of political figures in her work like she expresses a lot of what to be a communist in mexico is in a lot of her work as well um because she was pro-communism in mexico a hundred percent which was communism in america was a very rivaling thing to to do as well but communism in mexico at the time was really in full fledged because they didn't really love their leader, um, which who was a dictator at the time, which was just like, a, it was a very difficult time to be Mexican. Um, their leader was very aggressive, totalitarian type government ruler that very dangerous, dangerous and scary and a lot of poverty. Just that's just like a preface. And that's kind of what she's growing up in. And she wants to speak out against it. But she does the way that she can kind of do it. She leads rallies. She does the best that she can. She joins the Communist Party um, as soon as she can. Genuinely, as soon as she can. She literally wanted to change her birth certificate for it. Um, but with on top of doing all of that, you know what I mean? She's creating work and art that we can still see today of like, we might not know what it, it, exactly it was like to be a Mexican female at this time. But we can try to understand through her art, which I think is super cool and why art is really beautiful. That. It's a photograph of the time that she was going through. And what's really interesting yeah. is like people, there's there's a quote that I read on her uh, website and it's basically like people would be like, oh, like you're a surrealist painter, like you're this and this and this. And she's like, no, I'm painting what I see. I'm painting my life. Right. Like. I'm yeah. not a surrealist and we'll go more into that later on, but it's very much like, she's like, this is, this is it. This is what yeah. I see. This is what I'm dealing with. Here you go. Right. Like, yeah, I, I do love that point. She, she really did. She was just, she, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later, but she was just like, I don't get why people are like confused and need to seek out things to paint, like paint your life, paint what's happening around you. Paint like, yourself. Like paint that ass, just paint yourself. <laughs> like stop beating what, around the book. Yeah. She was, she would paint herself because she said it's what she knew best. Yeah. yeah. So her and Diego end up, you know, uh, rekindling or linking back up in a, about, I want to say it's like 1930. And then they end up moving to San Francisco because Diego at this point, like his art career is taking off. He, um, it's like rumored that when she saw him on campus at school, he was like working on a mural at their college or at their university and she like said to one of her friends like i'm gonna marry that guy um and they do end up oh. getting married and traveling so they're traveling around for work 
And she's having a lot of health problems in terms of fertility because of her accident. So she has started to suffer miscarriages and a couple of them at this point. Yeah. So by 1931, when she's in San Francisco, she does get pregnant again there when she's living there. Um, She doesn't like it in America, though. She just really does not like America. But Diego does. He likes the fast paced culture of things. And she just doesn't. She doesn't like she depicts like a lot in her images of just kind of like the juxtaposition of what it's like to be a Mexican opposed to being an American. And there's in some of the images, she's just drawing like toilets (laughs) because she just thinks everyone's like a piece of shit. That's funny. Yeah, she like doesn't depict America like she doesn't love it. But she does need to utilize America a lot because of the healthcare system out here opposed to um, Mexico. So because she was she needed surgery all the time. Um, and she, she found had she ended 30 up surgeries it. over the course of her lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. And a lot, yeah, it's really sad, dude. That's like and she wasn't like alive for that long. It's like really challenging and sad to. But yeah, so she's in San Fran and then she moves to Detroit at this point because in Detroit, New York, she gets a doctor, a fertility doctor that she starts kind of trying to work with um, that she ended up really loving. Like she really did love this guy. She like painted him a few times. Apparently she painted anybody that was kind of a major impact and would gift them paintings of themselves. And she She did like family portraits for like one of her family friends and like. Yeah, she would just she was also like kind of willy nilly with her art like she never knew her own worth. Um, So like yeah, stuff so- that she didn't like she would just throw away and her friends would like find them in the trash and stuff and like pull them <laughs> out. Straight like how talented her work is imagine just throwing that she literally away. has a I portrait and it's not. titled like self portrait like ugly version or something like that. Like she's like kind funny. of like honestly what I kind of like to see and like what was cool about studying her. It's like you really do see that like us as women, we've really struggled with this like self-worth like image for like a long time. Like this is like not new. Like I kind of thought that maybe since there's social media and everything, it's our self-worth as women have kind of like maybe gotten a little bit worse. This is like very telling to me that it's just like rock bottom. And it makes more sense because like women, they didn't really have many rights. They, they didn't even need to work. They were kind of just like household runners at this period of time, which like it does make sense, which is kind of going to bring me into my next point here. Um, Okay, yeah. So in 1934, this is kind of like when shit really starts hitting the fan for her, like where her self-worth is kind of couldn't be um, any actually fucking lower. Um, you know, she has and her this third is miscarriage. In what? This is Sorry, in 1934. This is in 1934 where she has her third miscarriage and she finds out that Diego is having an affair with her younger sister and she got her fucking foot amputated. So, whoa, have a fucking year. <laughs> Okay, so she suffers her third miscarriage. Her husband is banging her younger sister, and she has her foot amputated. In the same year. (sighs) Can you actually just pause for a minute, a moment of silence for Frida? Pour one out for the fucking homie. Yeah, for real. Can that's gnarly, actually? dude. That's that's fucking dude, gnarly. It, it actually makes my heart break. Like, I actually felt, like, a, very anxious after doing the research today that I was like, this woman has gone through so much adversity, and I'm like, I'm just like, oh, I worked six days straight and made a bunch of money, and I'm overtired and over, and it's like, get the fuck out of here. I, I have two feet. I, I have nobody. First of all, I'm going to put up every boundary for a guy because I don't want this shit happening to me. Like, reason number one of why I'm not going to let anybody in anytime soon. <laughs> you're not fucking my sister buddy 
I actually don't have sisters. I only have brothers, so. Yeah, I've never, I've never would date a guy that I think would just fuck my sister. Like, I, but I really again, who, who thinks, who, who gets into a relationship thinking that? I'm sure Frida didn't. Their relationship, though, like, a lot. it, it was already kind of, um, kind of unconventional wrong. in the sense that, like, they kept separate homes, separate studios. Like, right. they, even though there was all this stuff and, like, Frida did paint her heartbreaks and, like, told their stories and shared both sides. Like, she's she's known for having her own slew of lovers. Like, she, yeah. they they yeah. both, it was like they loved each other's minds, but they just could not keep it in, like, their own pants. Like, at yeah, all. Yeah, they kind of just, like, wanted to, like, put out a lot. Which, like, you know what? She didn't live that long, so you know what? I'm glad she got to experience as much as she did, but at the same point in time... She kind of did marry a guy that like fucked her mental health, but at the same point in time, you know what that just made me think art. of? What like people that wait till marriage, like to have sex? Like, could you well, imagine? Like, I'm I'm kind of glad Frida had these affairs because she did get to like fuck around, you know, and like sleep with. Could imagine, I I like I know, and like as a Christian, I should be like, yeah, like wait till marriage, and I'm just like, nah, dude, like not about it actually not about that I'm at all. not gonna marry a guy that like i don't know if i like like you don't like what's the d game like i'm just gonna fucking marry that how are I don't you even supposed know to know if it's not like? gonna work out like i'm sorry like you do not want to marry somebody that you just you have to fuck this person forever you have to literally fuck to the point where you get it in like with child you're fucking well if that's the course of your relationship you're fucking for procreation like <laughs> What Procreation text must have been really weird. It must have just been like, oh, oh. Like, Haven't you watched The Handmaid's Ugh. Tale? No. Oh, that's pretty much what it's like. I actually don't like shows from that period, like the medieval times, because sex is just so gruesome. And like the woman, it's like, it's not for her enjoyment. It's straight just like for the guy just to come it's, and like it's funny get a load said, off. It's funny you said like medieval times, because like The Handmaid's Tale was like very like reminiscent of like modern society right now, which is like the fucked up part. And it's not even like a. I don't feel like that is how I have sex. I get like as a woman, I enjoy. Oh, no, I'm talking more about like the political and social undertones in the show that like we're talking about women's fertility and stuff like that. But it's like very much just conversations we're still having today. Does that make sense? I don't really understand, I guess. That's because you haven't watched the show. But, like, if you watch the show, a lot of the points are you're kind of just scratching your head being like, wait, we're seeing this on the news. Like, we are doing this. We're just not calling it this. Like, that kind of thing. I don't know. I just think us as women, we've come so far, like, with the sexual revolution. Kind of like our last episode, we were talking about the counterculture movement, like, was a very big sexual revolution. And we, mm-hmm. as women, get to wear what we, more what we want. Birth control is free, accessible. I think sexually, you know, we have people shaming somebody for saying, you're shaming a sex worker, fuck you. Like, that's where our culture is at right now. And, and sometimes, in my opinion, we're a little bit too, too liberal with it, in my opinion. But that's just me, that I think we, as women, can really express ourselves sexually, like, overtly and if anything it's actually too warranted in my opinion right now in 2021 we got 15 year old girls shaking their tits on tiktok that are getting two million views you know where it's like being sexual is like kind of like a redeeming quality for a woman right now i guess and it's like a bit different than how it used to be especially with frida where it was like put a long skirt on put your fucking blouse tie it up to your neck and don't let men see fucking anything that's gonna make them want to take advantage of you um and Frida, I, don't know, I feel I, like we're kind of speaking in like generalizations. 
Yeah, like, I am generalizing. I mean, I'm trying to generalize because I'm trying to talk as broadly as I can about um, topics and subject matters. But yeah, that's 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 generally generalizing. Um, I mean, it is how like I feel about these times. Yeah, it it gets hard because it's that double edged sword of like like let everyone do what they want to do as long as they're not hurting anyone or helping anyone but then it's kind of like the thing that I was saying earlier like if you have a daughter like yeah you should have rules and boundaries about like what's appropriate I think Um, I agree because because there is a lot Um, sorry well I was just gonna say (laughs) I just say that we say it a lot that it's like we don't want to wear a certain thing sometimes because we don't want to feel the energy that we're going to feel due to the fact of things that we can't control Um, at the end of the day i think i think it just comes down to choice um but like respectful choice it's kind of like the thing too if i'm out smoking a joint in public and like someone with a kid comes and stands on the corner i'm gonna i'm gonna walk away i'm not gonna like be confrontational um right if i'm out in public and you know my my girls are out and once again like someone with a small kid comes up or something or like whatever it is like I might yeah cover myself up a little because like there isn't a reason why someone needs to be looking at me like that when they are that age but then that's just me and like what I'm comfortable with I I don't know right yeah but also if you want to have your tits out in front of a kid like who the fuck am I to tell you not to all I'm saying is like what energy do you want to present to the world and whatever energy you can handle then take it on like that's essentially all I have to say and, like, I think some people can handle being a sex worker and other people can't. Like, 100%. you know what I mean? That, that's all I'm saying, like, about it, where it's, like, I couldn't handle that safety-wise and mental health-wise. Um, but if you're doing it safety, safe life, like, literally just fact, like, if you can handle both of those. We went from free to call out of sex workers to smoking joints yeah. next to children. Let's. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we could bring it back to Frida, who didn't do any of those things, but, like, besides the fact. Just but she was like bold as fuck though dude she was bold as fuck like she was so bold that after that period as we were kind of talking here like after that year in 1934 where everything hit the fan for her she just moved to mexico city and just lived alone um and she opened her first exhibition um which was like about a year or two later after that and she like just didn't ever make paintings for anybody else at this point but this at this expedition ex, ex, exhibition ex, 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 exhibition jesus uh, a famous American, some actor or politician at the time, he bought a few of her pieces for $200 a piece. And she was like, holy shit, that's a lot of money. I can, People like this? Because she was making her work and she didn't know it was valuable. As Soleil was saying earlier, she's literally throwing her shit out just being like ugly self-portrait. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like she had no idea that she like yeah. actually had all of this worth and like people $200 at the time for a piece she she made like a grand in this day and she's like holy shit this is so much money I don't need no mans dude I don't I need do no mans I can do this myself so that's kind of right when she realized her own worth she fucking cut all her hair off <laughs> got a divorce started See, wearing the hair cutting thing I know exactly and she starts wearing suits like literally dresses like a man um because she's like fuck it dude I'm gonna wear the pants in this fucking relationship with myself and I love that I love that that about her. But uh, I wanted to bring up that like also in 1938 when she's first selling that piece that she's a friend of Andrew Breton who uh, he's like one of the 
leaders of or not leaders but he's like a primary person in the surrealism movement and i kind of mentioned surrealism earlier in regards to frida kahlo's work and Mm -hmm. she's quoted as saying she never like considered herself as a surrealist until andrew breton came to mexico and told me i was one really i do not know whether my paintings are surrealist or not but i do know they are the frankest expression of myself Since my subjects have always been my sensations, my states of mind, and the profound reactions that life has been producing in me, I frequently objectified all this in figures of myself, which were the most sincere and real thing that I could do in order to express what I felt inside and outside of myself. So she's making money and now she's starting to claim herself as an artist and be like, you know what, like actually... I'm not sure if I fit that label, but like, this is what I'm doing. This is my work. Take it or leave it. Like, yeah, straight up, straight up. I love that. Yeah. I love that quote. Yeah. She was like really all about just like, you know, always being authentic with herself, which is super cool. But dude, throughout her health, here we go back again, 1940, she had to go back to San Fran because her back pain was so excessive um, because of all of the injuries she has and her fucking polio. But um, she got back. Also, this is one thing that I've realized through studying her. When she's excessively vulnerable and in a lot of pain, Diego creeps his little fucking dick back into her life and they get back together. How many ex-boyfriends have you had like rear their ugly heads? I never have done this, actually. I'm kind of once you once we're done, we're done. No, I mean, just how many times have they tried to like slip back in once you start like 100%. 100% they always will but like they he finds her when she's vulnerable he does this though dude this is why he's a fucker because she's like in this excessive pain she doesn't also have to say yes and she does but he always takes two to tango he takes two to tango yeah but he's the one that always comes back to her when she's in the hospital also like a part like they do like have this weird love for one another I was gonna like, say but you know what he probably knows like because that's what we were saying earlier they don't have that conventional love so it's, it's probably like that friendship level of like dependence he's seen her through all this so like yeah. we are he's shitting on it but the, this might I be know. like a genuine not fuck I, it's boy not, behavior it's, like, it's toxic it's like still toxic their relationship but at the same point in time like every single time she's in pain and really in the hospital like he Diego's slicks himself there. back Diego goes like baby let's get back together and she's like i'm literally on probably so many pain drugs like yeah <laughs> yeah we'll do this you fucked my sister but fuck it let's go fuck dude Round i would like three. literally every time we'd have sex i would literally be thinking about you fucking my sister i'm sorry as somebody with us with sisters, I just like yeah, wouldn't yeah. be able to like. I'd be like, dude, you fucked my fucking sister. What I mean, could you literally? What do about worse? like Eskimo sisters? Have you, you have to have an Eskimo sister with at least one or two of your girlfriends? Um, yeah. <laughs> That's different than your blood, though, dude. It's different. Like that pussy is like family pussy. It's different than friend pussy. It's like a Makira pussy. Like uh, you put that Mac down. Like, like, what do you, like, do you want, like, two Kahlo pussies? Like, he just inserted his fucking gross D in. I don't now know. Now it's like, which was, yeah. Which Anyways. is better, yeah. And, and then now you're going to wonder who's Punani's tighter. Like, which shit's better? <laughs> Could you imagine no. asking? Like, no, I don't think she probably asked. I hope she <laughs> She probably did. She's like, she seems pretty confrontational. She's like, tell me whose pussy's better. I am Frida. 
And then she just paints herself as like the superior pussy. <laughs> she actually draws her her punani as a flower all the time. Um, actually, he gave her a gift of this. I'm blanking on the name of the specific flower. He gave her a pendant of it, and she would draw it all the time. Um, in images with the, depicting him or the pain that he caused her. <laughs> wow. She would put that in there um, because also the flower was representative of life, and her obviously her vagina, but her vagina couldn't vagina? procreate life. <laughs> Her vagina couldn't procreate life. So it was kind of like dark side of no, things. No, that's, in her that's the thing is like this episode is kind of hard to make lighthearted because yeah, it's like really it's, difficult. It's, the underlying message is fucking pain through beauty or beauty through pain because all Frida did was just put her life and her experiences onto paper. And now we celebrate them because they're they're beautiful. They're vibrant. There's She uses different techniques and different mediums and she pulls inspiration from different continents and countries and people that she meets but they all have just that similar characteristic and it's it's almost like haunting like you look at Frida Kahlo's work and you glance at it quickly and you can kind of move past it but if you stop and actually look at it like we did today and like how we have been doing you'll fucking realize like homegirl is this is some shit like this is heavy this is not light-hearted this is this is trauma. This is pain. This is grief. This is, she suffered like six miscarriages, divorced the same guy and remarried like two or three times. Um, yeah. Polio at six, the loss of her father. Uh, Going through a, an actual civil war in her country. Yeah. Being like, part of a communist regime. Yeah. Not light. There's nothing no. light about her life. Like genuinely, there's nothing light about it. And like so much so to the point that she like she finally starts to gain recognition you know she and not that that was like her pursuit or anything like that I think she was really just trying to survive honestly um but and that's like a plus to it but she she's confined to a wheelchair she's had numerous operations her her work isn't the same work that she's put out before she's uh, it's stated that like her brushwork became more loose, almost careless. And then in oh, yeah. 1953, she was in pain, though, dude. Yeah, like well, dude, her work, she, she couldn't keep that shit tight anymore. She, honestly, she gets her whole leg amputated. The gangrene yeah. from her foot being amputated years ago, or whatever, or you know, a couple of years before, because that's the thing is like her her life is so rapid. Like it's, it's really just kind of back to back, but yeah. she gets gangrene in her foot. That's why it's amputated. They're not able to ever fully cure her. So then her right leg becomes amputated and she's suicidal. Like she genuinely yeah. is like, what the fuck? Like I, he, he like tried to commit suicide like a lot, but Diego actually was there in a lot of her journal entries. She was talking about how he was very, very much there for her throughout those periods of times. And he would remind her all the time that the world needs her brain and the world needs her mind and mm. she was just like you know what like i don't feel useful at all anymore but because how do you this is this is something that i think a lot of people can relate to um you we as people we define ourselves by what we're skilled at um and for a long time i was an athlete and i defined myself as that for just example and when i injured myself and i couldn't run anymore like to the point where I did, I really was depressed. I, I was very unwell because I was like, this isn't, I'm not myself anymore. And like, it was I, your identity I, was, it's my identity. And am I good at anything else? And you know that you are. Frida has so much more going for her than just being an artist, of course, that 
she didn't see herself as anything else. And, and sometimes it is amazing to have a partner and, and best friends and a partner that can remind you of your worth sometimes, because when you're literally going through the fucking travesty of health issues that you are, God forbid, I feel useless. You're living with chronic pain and God, God forbid, I feel fucking useless. You know what I mean? Cause what it, she's like, what am I now? If I can't even, you know, have a beautiful, beautiful brush strokes anymore. Like, it's tough. It's like really just like disheartening. But you know what I like about this? And the, when in the documentary I was watching, it didn't make her stop, dude, because the work no. wasn't what she wanted. It actually made her start painting more aggressively and showing more of the darker sides of what was happening in Mexico and the Communist Party and what happens, the dark side of relationships, the dark side of pain, you know, and she yeah just because her breast strokes weren't this anymore she just like went all in for it and was kind of ruthless and relentless with her art and i love that dude throughout it all she never stopped she never stopped dude she didn't put her she didn't put it away well i wanted to bring up the concept of chronic pain as well um because i have a girlfriend that i've grown up with we've i've known her since i was in like sixth grade and she has had numerous health um health problems for the last couple years and just seeing her have to continuously wake up every morning and just go to war for herself is yeah. something very humbling um mm. and to see her still being a bright light and a positive friend and outreach and or you know just just being still a pillar of support for those around her um even though she's yeah, even though that she's she's experiencing things that I could never even yeah, comprehend. And so it's like knowing her and then studying Frida and just knowing that my girlfriend's really passionate about reform and and um just wanting to make the world a better place and like that's that's mm -hmm. what she tries to do and it's like there are people that are fighting invisible battles that we know nothing about and I just kind of want to reinstate too kind of how like Frida was always wearing skirts because she was bullied about her legs um yeah. and like having polio like don't be that person like do no, not be that 100%. person that makes assumptions about other people's health and what they're going through well, that's also a really good point, though, Soleil, because, like, we really don't know what people are going through physically and mentally, and it's, like, really good to be patient with other people, and, like, chronic pain, so many people are going through so much more mm -hmm. with chronic pain, even things just, like, with depression or things like that. You know, you find out things about people when you really sit down with them, like, so excessively, and I've been really patient due to the fact that for the past probably eight years or so, my dad has had excessive rheumatoid arthritis where he's in chronic pain every day. Yeah. Um, like he takes such severe medication that it's um, the same dosage of chemotherapy um, that my dad, like he is, you know, his joints are like aging faster than they should. Um, he is feeling like he's aging faster than he is. He limps every all the time and you'll try to ask him hey dad how are you doing i'm perfectly fine kid like i'm really good like he won't ever try to show that he's in pain which i i don't know it's a good and a bad thing but at the same point in time like i do like i don't know fully what my dad's going through but i i shared a wall with him you know from his bedroom to mine for a long time and and you know, my dad went through so much pain, like he would have to wake up in the middle of his sleep. And like, you know, I, I to hear a grown man cry c consistently from the chronic pain that he's in. And like it studying this, it really made me sensitive to be like, I have no idea what that's like. I have 
well, I know what it feels like to, to feel in pain mentally, but I don't know what it is like to feel that pain every day, dude. Like To feel that pain and also pain. to feel that fear, um, because I know that with COVID, you know, my girlfriend, like health, she couldn't get sick. She couldn't get an infection. Like, so while we're all complaining, while we're all complaining and bitching about having to sit outdoors, like, and sit with our friends or wear masks and stuff like that, you know what, that is someone our age who should be, should be able to complain and like talk shit on all those things. But that's someone who literally couldn't leave her house because she couldn't get sick. Right. And like, because her life is on the line. So like when it, when it comes to stuff like that, like I know we're coming out of like the masks things and like, we're not going to get political or anything, but like, once again, you guys, sometimes there are reasons for stuff. Like don't be a dick to people when you don't know their situations. If you see someone wearing a mask as they come out of COVID, they may have health problems. If you see someone like with a handicap placard on their car, but it seems like they're behaving as someone who is handy, like fully handicapable. Don't assume that they may you not know. have a chronic, you know, absolutely nothing. So like, you know keep that in about somebody valid. Like we know nothing about what somebody else is going through at all, at all. And like, even, even when I first met you, Soleil, and you, I remember you kind of were touching on just like that you had anxiety or depression. I kind of watched some things that I tried to say, like truthfully, cause I'm like, I don't want to say something that could like trigger you to feel anxious or you to feel depressed. And especially once you opened up about like other issues that were centered around that, I was like, Oh, like, I'm not going to share this story. I'm not going to do this. Cause it's like, it's actually our job to be sensitive around other people. And like, you know, be adaptive to other people's mental health issues or their physical issues that they're going through because dude, like their life is on the line. A lot. I of have so, a like, really hard. Yeah. 100%. And thank you for um, being the kind of friend that recognized that because now that I can talk yeah. more openly, it is hard for me to hear uh, my friends or just people in general bash themselves about their bodies and things like that because it's something that I did for so long and it's like stop bashing your body on how it looks like bash your body on what it's capable of like I'm really like no that's not right that's not even the right way to put it though too it's more of like yes it is you put that perfectly dude I I think that you put that perfectly I I, like I grew up with my sister having um really big issues with the same things that you've struggled with and she took a lot of that pain out onto me because I couldn't gain weight and this, this, and this. And like, I am really susceptible. And that's why like when I'm around you or other people, I'm always like, you're like, oh, I feel good about myself and my body. Cause it's like, I am so used to, and I was on a track team with girls basically naked in front of each other all the time where girls, one in, one out of three girls on my team had an eating disorder. And I've been around it my whole life. And like, I, it makes me actually so emotional, truthfully, to like see girls hate them, themselves and their bodies like literally hate themselves. I think essentially what I was trying to get at was that it's not what is on the outside that matters. It's what's on the Mm -hmm. inside and it's what you're capable of in on the inside in terms of, are you capable of loving yourself? Are you capable of loving others? Are you capable of just being better of trying new things? Are you capable to do something? Are you willing to do something? Not like my body looks like this, so I can't wear or dress or do this kind of thing. It is more, am I capable of doing this? Yes. Okay. Then that box isn't really a box. It's just a little parameter I've set up. Like let's, let's, let's push it aside. I think that's where I'm going with that. And it's like, you just, 
when you are friends with people, you want to hype them up. You want them to see what right. you see in them. And so it's really fucking hard now being on the flip side of it and being in those girl group sessions where everyone's bashing themselves and pulling themselves right. apart and grabbing their oh, yeah. arms or grabbing their belly. And it's like, I don't want to fucking do that because that's you shouldn't not want to. But like, like as you were I, saying, capable wise, sometimes we're not capable to see that. And I think that that's kind of an overarching theme throughout this of what we were talking about earlier to now. Sometimes, yeah, being capable is the key word, but sometimes we're not capable. And sometimes we're actually not capable to love ourselves. And I don't, I can't explain why that's on us, but we're not capable a lot of times to see that we love ourselves. And like Frida here is pretty ruthless with, with sharing like authentically how she is feeling. But at the same point in time, she's not hiding that she's in, in pain. That's, that's the key point of she's, this because it's she's like, accepted it. Like it's, it's just that acceptance yeah. thing. It's, there's there's certain trailblazers that have really similar themes and then there's other trailblazers that have different themes and i think that this one is just it's that resilience it's that strength and it's that drive and it's you can only be in pain though for so long like and and finally like she just the pain was too much and she passed away and then she had this huge legacy and all this work and it's like now we're remembering her yeah she lived more in those 45 years than some people ever will, you know, though. Like, that's kind of the beauty of her. That, And also the fact that she's an artist. We have everything that we can look back on. Like, me and you, like, being able to look at her work today and feel something, you know, like, that's incredible. And people will, for, for time, for and through the, throughout time, will be able to look back at her, her work and be like, wow, like, this woman's a badass bitch. And, like, it's cool that, like, whoever's listening to this, you get to learn about her. Because I didn't know all of this stuff about her, you know. And I didn't yeah. – I, I see testimonies of things throughout myself. And, like, being a creative myself, that's how I've, like, expressed myself. And I feel through creativity. Like, that's why I write comedy. That's why I'm a photographer. Like, I am a creative. And, like, that's how I express myself. And I don't know. I just – I've been in a lot of pain before and seen things and experienced things that are painful. But – throughout creativity and throughout being able to express myself as an artist, like, you know, that's, it's beautiful. And like to see her testimony, it's, it's inspiring. It's truly inspiring. It's funny that you were using, not funny, just kind of ironic that you're using the term creative uh, because I never considered myself to be creative, but now looking back um, and just even like, throughout this episode it's like no I I am creative but the reason why I never thought that growing up was because I had rules in my head for what being creative meant being Mm. creative meant that you could draw that you could paint that you could do clay sculptures that you could see things in a way that other people couldn't see and Mm. I never felt like that about myself um I like I was I never was like oh you know this is this is what I'm good at. And this is like my, you know, I did fine in art class and that kind of thing. But I just always felt like I was forcing it. Like this is what I should be doing. Not this is what, like there was no creative side to it. It was just do the assignment. Yeah. Art is not defined by one thing. And I think we do that with art and like creativity that we're like, well, if I can't paint this or draw this, then I am not creative and I'm not an artist. And that's not. But then I started reading my old writings and all the work that I've ever written because my mom saved a lot of that stuff. And I started reading stuff from elementary school all the way up until basically when I stopped like writing, which would have probably been after college. Um, 
and not until this podcast and journaling have I felt like I've actually jumped back into writing and now pick up writing and just journal and very like stream of consciousness Simone Beauvoir like just write things down and just let it out and I'm like oh that is the creative side that is like now we're drawing on this inspiration and now like I'm going down and now I'm listening to music and that's leading me somewhere else and it was just like another reminder of like Slay, you just broke another rule for yourself that you had set up. Like you told yourself you couldn't be this for whatever reason because you had such a narrow scope on what you thought that that word meant. And it's like, no, you are so much that. And you are also so many other things that you didn't even know you were capable of because words have meanings that other people like, you know, that the connotations that we put on things sometimes can be really othering when in reality, like we're all capable of all of those things. Yeah. I mean, you're super like, I just don't think that you because you were like that valid Victorian, like really like studious type of person. I think that you kind of just like put yourself in that box of like, more of a studious person than a creative person. And I can say on the other side of things, I think people put me in a box where I was like, hey, I'm actually really smart. I'm in AP classes and stuff too. But I was put in a box of athlete creative. And I didn't feel like I could identify with being smart too. And I didn't like that. And like, I still sometimes feel that way that I can't call myself extremely smart and like these things where I'm like, that's not true. Like that's not, because we just put ourselves in boxes, dude. Like it's so fucking weird. And we think we like limit ourselves to like, it's it's kind of like labeling ourselves, but those labels don't always fit. Like even when you're packing up a box for the house, like, you know, you're writing X plus Z and maybe then like a little description because there's more to it than just that one word. And like, there's so much more to Frida than like just being an artist or just being a revolutionary. She was like a full woman that had trauma and beauty and love and heartbreak and loss and brains and creativity and passion Mm -hmm. and like that's what I think we should just all strive to be or strive to unlock in ourselves is just that potential or that thing that makes the reality of your world not so painful like Mm -hmm. find those little once again those moments of bliss check yourself into those hobbies or try experimenting and finding a hobby find something that's going to be the challenge try something new this week try something that you said you'd never do or something you never thought you'd be capable of fucking write it down and put a date three months from now that you have to do it by that's the challenge yeah i mean it's also just something that we should probably try to incorporate into our day-to-day lives is like being that yes man you know like don't be so scared to to say um no all like to say no to to things all the time like I think that especially throughout this pandemic a lot of people are like putting ourselves in boxes too because we're not going out as much and doing Mm -hmm. as much that it's like we're not taking as much risk or opportunity that it's like I don't know like don't be scared to like pick up some new momentum for yourself and and branch out and do something different which you know getting into that why don't we get into our therapy note of the week let's hit it with the therapy note yeah okay do you want to hit us with yours first or do you want me to go first why don't you go first this time okay cool um my therapy note is kind of on a cool on like a similar vibe is what made me think of it but um yeah it's on the fact that to gain momentum for ourselves and to keep that momentum flowing in our lives is be driving things off of purpose. So making sure that, you know, you're keeping up with things that keep you going. And I think tying back into Frida here, art was what kept her going no matter what stage of their life that she's in. 
she had that purpose that kept her straight up alive. Um, and the reason that I have momentum in my life is because throughout things that have been difficult in my life and, you know, where I've been mentally, like, I could still be there right now, but I have found outlets for myself um, and purpose for myself and creativity. You know, I've created a world, you know, through my photography and through my comedy that makes me want to literally be alive and to have purpose in my life. So without those things, I don't know. You've like, created I don't, your own I, happiness. Yeah, we have to. Nobody, truthfully, nobody's going to for you. And I think that we all, at least for me, I like really wanted like men to love me, the wrong men. And like to, I was in the wrong friendships. And like I really wanted to feel loved in all the wrong ways because I was lacking my own self-love um, and purpose. And I didn't know where it was. And I guess, at least in my my note here, I don't think you can you can have the purpose that you really do belong in unless you truly do love yourself and know yourself. And like Frida, dude, she was saying like, why would I paint anything else but myself? She is the self-portrait queen because she knew she spent a lot of time alone and she loved herself. Um, so I would just leave that on that note. It was just find some purpose and find some self-love for yourself. That's one of the most important things you can do. And it's something that can't really be taken away from you. You know, mm -hmm. like once you tap into that self-love and like you really like dig love into that. it, like it can't be taken. It's hard love to get voice. there, but it can't be taken from you. I really um, like, I actually kind of needed that to be said. So I, I kind of did like, too. Cause I just totally like, zoned me that. out. No, I actually like, yeah, like nobody can literally take that from you. Like Do straight I just the fuck drop up. the mic. <laughs> like I don't even know what else to say other than like genuinely like I do feel like almost irreplaceable at this point in my life for the first time because that's something that you literally can't take from me. No, you cannot take away who you are in any way, shape, or form. Who no. you are at your core is the like most important thing that you can be. So be the best exactly. version. Exactly. And things like life exactly. will continue to bless you. I love this podcast. I do too. The podcast is this episode is like pretty heavy, but like it's very, it's very beautiful. At the same it's point. pretty introspective, kind of like Frida. Really and I mean, I I think I've talked about this in an earlier episode, but something uh, that jumped out to me that my therapist once told me um, was: Have I said before that like when I have therapy, I have to turn my selfie camera off? Have I said that? If I shared that on the on the podcast. So like when I do therapy, like it's kind of like through a Zoom thing. It's like a Skype. So I have to yeah. turn off my camera that looks at me. Because yeah. when I was like in therapy, I just I kept like fucking around with my hair one day. And my therapist was like, Slay, like, you're not focused on what you're doing right now. And I was like, I know I just really don't like how I look. And she was like, why are you looking at yourself? We're literally in therapy. She's like, turn off your self view. And she oh, was like, why, wow. why did... Yeah, so, like, now I do therapy without being able to look at myself, and honestly, it's way better. Wow. And even when we're I, recording, I'll catch myself sometimes getting distracted, so then I'll, like, fully click over to a different menu. Um, wow, interesting, dude. Yeah, so I just remember her being like, "What? why are you not liking what you're looking like? Like, who are you trying to impress? We're sitting here for therapy. In and therapy. I, was, I, I was like, I don't know. I just don't like what I see. And she was like, do you want to know what I see? And I was like, sure. And she was like, I see a vibrant young woman. And I just remember kind of like 
sitting back and like really thinking about that because never once in my life had I ever considered myself to be vibrant. I had considered myself to just be me and there was nothing special, nothing significant. I was just who I was and that was that. Mm -hmm. And it was like, once she told me I was vibrant, she literally like fucking unlocked or like unleashed a beast because it was like you know what i am vibrant and i'm in charge of who i want to be and who i can show myself as being Mm -hmm. so yeah i might have on a black beanie a black t-shirt and black sweats right now but i'm vibrant as fuck because it's my personality and it's who i am that makes me shine through it's not what i'm fucking wearing it's not what i look like those those matter those will will impact experiences either no it's just i am who i am and you can't take that away from me at this point so that's my therapy note but i honestly so like be the most vibrant version of yourself but i really wanted to end on this frida quote because it like for lack of a better word like it fucks like i love this quote wait lay it on me i used to think i was the strangest person in the world But then I thought, there's so many people in the world, there must be someone just like me, who feels bizarre and flawed in the same ways I do. I would imagine her, and imagine that she must be out there thinking of me too. Well, I hope you are out there and read this, and know that yes, it's true. I'm here, and I'm just as strange as you. Love that. You guys, like, it's true, we're here. Grace and I are just as strange. We are just as flawed, but we are just as focused on being the best versions of ourselves as we hope you guys all are too so follow me on the instagram at fbg slay and you can follow grace at gracie.makira was i right wow this is the first episode that you got it right yes yes Yes, i didn't even write it down no bullshit all i have written on this is chronic pain and vibrant (laughs) all i have written down is chronic pain oh what a cute note oh my god and vibrant I love that. Chronic pain and vibrant. Those go hand in hand. Okay. You know what, guys? I love y'all. Thank you for listening. Um, please DM us. Keep, keep, you know, keep messaging us. Um, I've been getting some messages on my personal account, which is cool. I love hearing that, you know, you guys are benefiting from this podcast and like sharing your testimonies. Um, it's beautiful. And please keep up with sharing. Like we love it. Like we, if you don't know that about me and Soleil, we love talking. So if you ever need an ear or anything like that, we're down to listen and like, chat let's We're just like down let's as just keep up the support. Yeah. share this with two friends like usual please go out of your way and share this with some friends we really appreciate that but love y'all let's keep riding have a beautiful rest of your day wherever you are listening to this um yeah, fucking do something do something crazy today do something crazy do, for do us different, dude please just like switch live a little it up switch it up switch it up switch it switch it up so with that being said Peace. 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 See you next week.